of Acts tonight, chapter 13. Let's all stand together. Acts chapter 13. Um, Mark Barton was out of town today due to work, and so I appreciate Alan Matthews stepping in. Alan just rolled off as one of our deacons at the beginning of the year, and uh, I appreciate him stepping in for us tonight. I I wanted to make this known um, as we prepare for the next year. uh, There are some deacon nomination slips at the podiums as you walk out the doors. Uh, There's a basket there. There's some uh, nomination slips, and so we've put those out. And uh, please just uh, write some names down uh, that, uh, that you feel qualified to serve as a deacon in our church. And uh, we'll go through that list and, and as we prepare for uh, the uh, 2023. And uh, so be mindful of that, please. Prayerfully nominate individuals, okay? And I uh, appreciate you doing that. We're going to be in Acts 13. We're going to pick up, let's pick up in verse 38. And our focus will be in the latter part of the chapter. Um, but let's just begin verse 38. It's Paul's preaching here in the Jewish synagogue that we looked at last Sunday morning. This is really a continuation of that message. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And by him all that believe are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Beware, therefore, lest that come upon you which is spoken of in the prophets. Behold, ye despisers, and wander, and perish. For I work a work in your days, a work which ye shall in no wise believe, though a man declare it unto you. And when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Now when the congregation was broken up, Many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. And the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you. But seeing you put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad. And glorified the word of the Lord, and as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was published throughout all the region. And the Jews stirred up the devout and honorable women and the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coasts. But they shook off the dust of their feet against them and came unto Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. So the title of my message tonight, if you go back to verse 46, it's the phrase that really stands out to me as Paul is addressing uh, these uh, Jews who are filled with envy. He says, but seeing you put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life. That's That's a powerful statement to make. And 
and it's a sad state for people to be in. Our Father, I pray tonight that you would help me to preach your word. Uh, Lord, just come over our congregation tonight. Come over me and use me tonight. And uh, I pray that you'll just uh, allow me to speak truth and just allow the Bible to preach itself. And uh, Lord, I know that uh, uh, once again as we come together, uh, Father, we're needful of you. And uh, Lord, we've got, a, we've got a ministry to be a part of. And uh, we're asking you, Father, to do far exceedingly above all we could ask or think in it. So bless us as we come together tonight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So let's, let's remember. There's a lot of things that happens in Acts chapter 13. Paul and Barnabas were sent out of the church of Antioch in Syria. Uh, they were called out men. They had, they had served that church for a number of years. There were people who had gotten saved. There were people who were discipled. And as a result, there are a number of men who are mentioned at the beginning of this chapter. But, but the, Lord, the Lord called out Paul and Barnabas for a specific duty. And that is to carry the gospel elsewhere. It had started in Jerusalem in chapter 2. It had gone to uh, Judea and Samaria. And now they're beginning to go out and reach the far reaches of the world. And uh, last week we looked at that uh, Paul and uh, uh, Barnabas, they went to Cyprus. And then they traveled over the Mediterranean into Pamphylia, the region of Galatia. And uh, these are the people that Paul writes the book of Galatians to. And so they've come together. And Paul, he comes to the Jewish synagogue. And uh, they, there's an opportunity there. And he comes and he has a seat. And they read uh, the uh, book of the, books of Moses. They read the prophets. And uh, then they gave Paul the opportunity to say a word of exhortation to the people. And he stood up and he began, he began to go through the word of God. He, he mentions Exodus and Numbers and Deuteronomy and Joshua and Judges and First and Second Samuel. He even speaks of Luke chapter 2, which is going to be written later. But, uh, but he talks about a Savior. We, we find there in Luke chapter 2 that unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. He even speaks of Isaiah 53 and Genesis 12 and Psalms chapter 2 and Isaiah 55 and Psalm 16. And in our reading today in verse 41 of Habakkuk chapter 1 in verse number 5, he has delivered the message. And in this message beginning in verse number 27 and 28, he talks about how Christ was condemned. And even though they found no cause of death in him, they delivered him to Pilate that he should be slain, and, and he, was, uh, he was nailed upon that cross, and they took him down from the tree, and they laid him in the sepulcher. He was buried, and on the third day, God raised him from the dead in verse 30. And as he's wrapping up his message, he, he gets to those important words that we started out today. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, in verse 38, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins... And by him all that believe are justified from all things from which you cannot be justified by the law of Moses. He is telling them that you could be forgiven once and for all. 
All of your sins could be washed away and forgiven. For once you can be justified forever. God has done through his grace and his mercy what the law could never do. And he speaks of judgment in verses 40 and 41. And when the Jews in verse 42 were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles... They begged, they begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath, the following week. And when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes, they followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. I have to believe that they, that they got saved. I don't know that for sure, but to continue in the grace of God means you've got to get in the grace of God, right? And uh, he's, he's telling them that. I, I, don't, I, I can't say 100% what Paul is telling them there. But he is saying, he's persuading them, continue in the grace of God. And so they come back together in verse 44 the next week. And it is some kind of sight. I mean, all week long. I talked about this morning that we want, we want God to give us a fire in our heart, a fire in our bosom, Right? that people see that there is something going on within us. Nobody wants your Jesus if you can't put a smile on your face. Amen? Nobody wants your Jesus if you can't be excited to serve him. And nobody wants your Jesus if you're too ashamed to talk about him, right? And and so they, they hear Paul preach, and they can't wait until the next week. And then... In order for the whole city to come together, people had to be talking about it. People had to be with enthusiasm. Come, come, come with us. You you weren't with us last week. We want you to come and come to the service because there's a preacher here with a message that that just is doing something in our heart, in our life, and we want everyone to hear. And so there's there's a buzz come the Sabbath day and The whole city comes together to hear the word of God. What an exciting time that had to be. It's exciting to see people want to come to church. Exciting to see people want to come and hear the word of God preach. All God's people said, amen. There should be something excited about that. We, We can't wait for what's going to happen God's going to do something today. We just know it. His word is going to be preached, and so there's some enthusiasm, and everybody is coming. And when the place is packed full, those Jews who really had nothing to say the week before are filled with envy when they saw the multitudes. And as a result, they begin to speak against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. Don't you wish the Christian life could be easier? The truth is, when you put yourself out there and you're going to tell people about Jesus and you're going to tell them the good news, the wonderful message that, hey, your sins can be forgiven You don't have to go to bed tonight, BJ. You can tell them. You don't have to go to bed tonight, one more night, afraid of eternity. Afraid 
that God is going to pass judgment upon you because of the things you have done. You don't have to go to bed one more night and living in the past and the sin and all of the things that you feel. You can go to bed tonight with peace in your heart that you are right with God. That's the wonderful message. It's a message of hope. And people have come together and they want to hear about hope. And then there are others who suddenly say, but we don't want you to hear about hope. We're upset. We're upset. We are filled with envy because you've got a crowd of people wanting to come here, hear you. And they won't come hear me. And so there's this spirit that gets within them. And suddenly now... They let Paul preach last week, but this week they're going to stand up in opposition. They're going to contradict everything he has to say to the point that they are blasphemy to God. It's amazing. It's amazing how that happens. In my early days, I, uh, I, I was a part of an exciting church. I, uh, I got in, and uh, the pastor had not been there but just a couple of months and I was told of his ability to preach the Bible. And so I went, and you've, you've heard me tell the story of how that transpired. But I got in there and I wanted to learn the Bible. And I learned very quickly that he was a soul winner. I mean, this guy was not ashamed of anything. He would, he would tell everybody about Jesus. And we saw people get saved. And we saw the baptism get full. And, and uh, this is a church that's been around for a long, long time. And uh, I, I remember when I was a little boy that the church was doing really, really well. You could get, about, you could get over 200 people in the church. And uh, I remember back then it was doing really, really well. And the pastor died, the one that, I, that baptized me, he died. And, um, and then the church went through a difficult time. And uh, now, now people are, there's a revival taking place. Are you with me? Are you with me, James? I mean, Paul, Paul is thinking, I, I mean, Paul has every reason to believe we're fixing to have a serious evangelistic meeting in this town. People are going to get saved. And I, I saw that. I saw people getting saved and the church began to fill up. And man, it was exciting. We were praying on Saturday nights and we'd come to church on Sunday and people were getting discipled and all this stuff was happening. And then, and then all of a sudden, some people in the church decided they're not happy. And they started causing some trouble. I'm talking about people who's been in that church when I was a little boy for years and it's seen it go up and down, and now it's doing really, really well. But they're not happy. They're not happy. And so, and so you start hearing this talk, and these things begin to happen. There's a multitude of people coming in. And I remember, I remember that well. I remember, because I was a young man, and I remember going to a men's meeting. And I remember hearing men say things. I had nothing to say. I was just a young man, and... And I, I'd hear all of this stuff being said. And I remember the pastor, the pastor took it personal. And he, he began to lash out at people. And I remember him getting in the pulpit and saying, if you don't like it, there's the door. And if you say that, Brian, they're going to go to the door. That's what's going to happen. 
And uh, I, I started to see that thing dwindle down. And, and, and I love my pastor, and he really helped me. But I learned, I learned the right way and the wrong way of handling controversy. I learned that lesson. Paul is just there to tell people about Jesus. And for whatever reason, people are not always going to be happy with that. You would think everybody's excited that people are getting saved, that people's lives are being changed, but there are some people who are just envious of it. They were filled with the wrong spirit. It was a spirit filled with self. They spake against Paul. They contradicted to the point that they were blaspheming in verse 45. And so Paul just addresses it. He waxes bold in verse 46. And he says, It was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you. But seeing you put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. The Bible says in Romans 1 verse 16, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to the Jew first and also to the Greek. He came with a message of hope. He's trying to reach the Jew and the Gentile. But the religious leaders, the, the people who wanted the old way, they wanted to continue in the law, they are standing up against Paul and Barnabas and they're filled with a selfish spirit of envy and they're standing up against them and, and Paul says these words. He says, I gave you the truth and you judged yourself unworthy of everlasting life. And every person who rejects the gospel judges himself unworthy. Isn't that amazing? I have, the, I have the pleasure of speaking to the Brewer football team every Friday around 4 o'clock. And I was, I was speaking to them this past Friday on this particular passage in verse 46. They saw themselves unworthy of everlasting life because they were rejecting the gospel. And the truth is, Darren, God sees you as worthy. He sees Aubrey Parker as worthy. You were so worthy that he gave his son to die on the cross for your sins. Isn't that good? That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have what? Isn't that wonderful? It's a wonderful message. What is wrong with that message? Why does not everybody accept it and receive it? But some people, they don't want anything to do with it. And for whatever reason, whatever excuse they want to offer, they decide themselves. God does not say, hey, you're not worthy. James, you're worthy, but BJ, you're not worthy. That's not God. That's not God. He says, you're worthy and you're worthy and I'm going to give my son that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And everyone who says, no, I don't want Jesus. I don't want to get saved. I don't want to become a Christian. I don't want to, I don't want to go to church. I don't want anything to do with the Bible. I don't want anything to do with God. God's not going to send anyone to hell. 
is people who say they reject and they decide for themselves. I'm not worthy of that. I don't want that. Paul says, I came to you first. Remember I showed you in Romans chapter 10 last week, his heart's desire was that Israel would be saved because they're zealous, they're, 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 they have great zeal, but they're, they don't understand what God has done for them through Christ. And they walk away from there and he says, I, I came to you first, I wanted you to hear the message, I wanted you to get saved, and now I have to turn away and go somewhere else where they might hear the truth. Simply because you see yourself as unworthy of all that God has done for you. It is a heartbreaking, heartbreaking statement. And so he turns to the Gentiles. And that's, in Acts chapter 9, that's who the Lord was sending him. He was a called man of God to reach the far reaches of the world. To carry the gospel where it had never been taken before. So he says, I turn to the Gentiles. And in verse 48, when the Gentiles heard this, well, they were glad. And they glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as were ordained to eternal life, believed. And somebody's going to try to take that right there and say, well, God appoints some to be saved and some not. And that's not the truth. The fact is, I could never preach a God and I could never believe in a God who would save my boys and send my little girl to hell. I couldn't do that. God, God's grace is sufficient. Where, where sin is great, God's grace is greater. And God knows through His foreknowledge and His he is understanding who's going to receive and who's going to reject. And those people on that particular day, they still had the will to receive. And as many as were ordained of eternal life, they believed, they, they trusted in Christ. They understood through the eyes of God that God saw them as worthy and he was, through his compassion and his grace, was giving them something that they did not deserve. It was the gift of God of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And they were so excited about that, the word of the Lord was published throughout all the region. Paul couldn't do that by himself. It takes others who are going out and spreading the same message. Amen? He couldn't reach the whole community by himself. He couldn't reach the whole region by himself. People left there and they wanted to tell others what they had discovered in Jesus Christ. It's an amazing thing to be a part of. And may all of us, myself included, always be on fire every day for what God has done for me, Brandon. And what God has done for you. Tired of going through life and feeling defeated. And I'm tired of the churches going through life and they're defeated and they're down and they're discouraged. We've got the greatest thing the world has ever seen. Amen? We ought to be on fire for the Lord. We ought to be excited about what He's done for us. And so the word of the Lord is published throughout all the region. I'm going to tell you this, 
just because some people were upset and envious and just because they had the wrong spirit didn't, didn't stop the Lord from saving those who would believe. Amen? And it didn't stop the word of God being published throughout all the region. People can have a wrong spirit. People can, can stand in opposition of the gospel being preached and people being saved. But it doesn't stop if people are faithful to continue to deliver the message of hope. Verse 50, but the Jews, they're not going to go away. They stirred up the devout and honorable women and the chief men of the city. And they raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coasts. They've had enough. They want nothing to do with Jesus And so they got the leaders of the city, they got honorable women in the city, they got their crowd together. And that crowd is going to continue to follow them wherever they go in chapter 14. But they ran them out of their coast. They ran them out of town. Paul and Barnabas in verse 51, they shook off the dust of their feet against them and they went on to Iconium. You know what they did in Iconium? Jackie, they kept telling people about Jesus. If we could just get a little bit of what Paul and Barnabas had, Dan, just a little bit. Because we'll let one person say one thing that hurts our feelings and it ruins us. And those guys just said, well, I'll just go tell somebody else about Jesus. Are you with me? If we could just have a little bit of that. Well... We close in verse 52, and this is what I want you to see, Bobby. You can run God's servant out of town, but you can't run the Spirit of God out of town. Amen? In the last verse, they left. They went on Iconium, but the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. They were filled with the Spirit of God. The others were filled with envy. You're going to be filled with something. What's it going to be? Those who stuck around, those disciples, those believers, those followers in Jesus, well, they continued on with joy. Church was established in this community. It's to these believers that Paul is going to address, and he's going to have to deal with some issues in Galatia. Because of the Jews and because of, their, uh, because of their tradition. He's going to have to deal with some things. But there are believers there who have great joy. And the reason they have great joy is they continue to be filled with the Spirit of God. And you and I, we're going to be filled with something. We're going to be filled with envy. We're going to be filled with self. We're going to be filled with pity. We're going to be filled with hatred, jealousy. We're going to be filled with something... Or we can get ourselves out of the way every day and say, God, I want you to fill me with the right spirit. Amen. I'm going to be filled with the right spirit. Let's bow our heads tonight. Let's have the pianist come and play.